0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's not looking good, isn't it? Well, welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the Cricket Corner podcast with me, Watsalvora, as we review the third day's play here at the World Test Championship final between India and Australia coming to you from the Oval. So, yes, Australia have started their second innings and they've ended the third day's play with a score of 123 runs with a loss of four wickets. They currently lead India by a mammoth 296 runs with two more days remaining in this World Test Championship final. And it's not looking good for India. It is not looking good for India. It is genuinely not good looking good for India. And I'm so utterly disappointed because... India had the fight in them. They took the fight to the Australians. But somehow, at the end of the third day's play, we are still seeing Australia slightly ahead than the Indians and look destined to win the World Test Championship final. As things stand, test cricket is unpredictable in nature and you cannot predict what will happen in the next couple of days. But right now, at the end of day three, it's looking like Australia will be winning the world test championship final but fingers crossed india can have some fight back towards the latter stages of this test match so yeah let's start by talking about india because they had an overnight score of 151 for the loss of five wickets Ajinkya rahane and ks bharat were at the wicket and they lost Srikar bharat in the very second delivery of the day's play and completely unplayable delivery by scott boland to knock Bharat's stumps away. But then Rahane and Shardul Thakur had a partnership of dreams. 109 runs added and they took the score to 296 at the point where India were all out. Rahane adding 89, Shardul Thakur scoring 51. And this is the reason why India were able to take their score to 296. As I mentioned, 109 run partnership. Well, it's once again lower orders saving India's blushes, isn't it? We have seen this time and time again. We saw it in the Border Gavaskar Trophy. I talked about it yesterday. I'm going to talk about it today. Once again, it's the lower order which has saved India from a major, major collapse. And credit to Shardul Thakur. Usually, Indians rely on Akshar Patel and Ravinder Jadeja and Ravi Ashwin. Ravinder Jadeja did score 48 yesterday, but Ashwin is not there. So is... Akshar Patel. So, it's all came down to Shadul Thakur. Excellent 51 runs. Rahan is scoring 89, not 49, sorry, 89 runs and propelling India to 296, adding 145 runs before they were bundled out, before the final wicket of Mohamed Shami fell. And they added 145 runs, yes. And it was crucial that they added these many runs because... In the process of scoring those 145 runs towards the early stages of day three, they made sure that they went past that threshold of 269 runs, which meant that India have avoided follow-on and did score a couple of more runs than that threshold score. But in the end, 296 gives Australia a huge, huge margin to come out there, bat freely, and so they did. But yeah... It felt good. 296 runs. Rahane was excellent. Some of his cover driver's breathtaking. scoring a 6 to get to his half century. But it would take something special to get Rahane out and it did. It was a really special catch. What a catch that was from Cameron Green. Diving to his right and catching it with one hand in that gully region. Absolutely magnificent. And Cam Green himself then taking the wicket of Shah Duttaku to restrict India. To a score below that of 300, and it was just magnificent display by Cameron Green with the ball on the field as well. With that catch, he was just magnificent. But let's talk about Shardul Thakur here because I've got a really bizarre stat here, and it says that the most consecutive 50 plus scores at the oval by visiting batsmen. Okay, so these are the three batsmen who have scored. Three consecutive 50-plus scores at the Oval by the visiting side. Don Bradman, absolute legend. Alan Border, one of Australia's greatest captains. And Shahadul Thakur. Now, this is such a bizarre stat. Like, Shahadul Thakur is in the company of two of Australia's greatest batsmen and captains. And it's it's really bizarre. But yeah, he scored 51 And similar to Rahane, he did have a lifeline. Yes, let's talk about Pat Cummins and his no balls, shall we? Pat Cummins dismissed Ajinkya Rahane yesterday. LBW, plumb in front, was taking taking off the offside stump. Unfortunately for Cummins, Rahane reviews it and he's caught bowling a no ball. Which is the reason why Rahane was given not out, even though the ball was hitting the stumps by the virtue of the Hawkeye. Exactly similar thing happened today as well. Pat Cummings trapping Shadul Thakur plum in front. It was dead plum. The, the Hawkeye showed that it was hitting top of leg stump. So you cannot call it dead plum. But yeah, it was pretty much close. And it looked out from the naked eye as well. But once again, Shadul Thakur reviews it. And it's another no-ball. It's, it's such a bizarre thing to happen. With a top quality bowler like Pat Cummins, like how often do you see a bowler losing two wickets by bowling two no balls? That too in a Test match when you are in the ascendancy and you are you have the upper hand over your opposition. Bowled four no balls yesterday. One of them costed him a wicket. Today also another no ball costed him a wicket. So it's 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 really bizarre. Like I I'm losing words here. I think it's just luck. Because you usually don't see such kind of incidents happen with a great bowler like Pat Cummins. But credit to Cummins as well. He wasn't bogged down or anything. It still ended up with three wickets. Stark, Green and Boland having two wickets each as well. And the sole wicket of Nathan Lyon as well getting that all-important breakthrough of Ravinder Jadeja. So India were 296 all out. And Australia coming out to bat with a pretty sizable lead. And they ended the third day's play with 123 runs for the loss of four wickets. There, one, two, three, four. Great, great Australia. You are doing absolutely brilliant. Well. Yeah, yeah. 123 runs for the loss of four wickets at the wicket right now is Manas Labushen. Trust me, we have a lot to talk about Manas Labushin today, and he's being joined by Cameron Green. Manas Labuschin is currently not out on 41. He's taking his time. He's faced 118 deliveries. He's completely settled in. 118 balls for his 41. He scored four boundaries along the way. Cameron Green has just arrived at the wicket. 27 balls faced. Seven runs scored. He's hit one boundary. I think the funniest thing that happened today was the cameras capturing Manus Labushain sleeping. It, it was such an hilarious turn of events that happened. He was in his in his dressing room, on it felt like he's on a deck chair of a cruise ship. Feet were up. He was enjoying life. He thought Usman Khawaja and David Warner might be hanging in, a, in there for a couple of overs. I'll get some rest. I've been at the, I've been in the field for nearly seventy overs. Give me some break. But unfortunately, David Warner got, gets out after just three and a half overs with the score of two for one. And Lievushin hears the crowd cheer here's the, here's the, probably here's the bowler appealing to the umpire as well. And then, all of a sudden, he wakes up, wears his arm guard, takes his bat, and walks down to play. And it, and Mohamed Siraj really welcomed him nicely. Like, Siraj versus Labushain was excellent today. Siraj always bowls with his heart out, as I mentioned in yesterday's episode as well. And in the episode of covering the first day's play as well he bowls with his heart out all the time he's 100% on it and just like in the first innings he pitches the ball in that goodish length the ball t- takes off and it hits Manaslavushen on the hand and he just drops his bat, similar to what happened in the first innings and that really woke up <coughs> sorry that really woke woke up labushain and from and since then he still had a few balls from siraj troubling him here and there there were instances where the ball hitting his body and he was down on his knees in the at the crease but got up and and so far has looks untroubled when it comes to batting yes he's had a few iffy deliveries but he's managed those 41 runs really really well and it was it was kind of an important innings as far as manas labushain is concerned because In these recent times, I've seen him get those starts. He's got those 19, 20, 25 runs, but he's given his wicket away. And it's important for Labushin to hang in there for quite some time. Not only to see Australia in a strong and commanding position in this World Test Championship final, but also uh, for him to come back to form because there's the Ashes coming in and he's going to be their number three for five test matches. So you want him back in form as well. So this 41 is going to do a world of good. As far as his confidence is concerned. So for the first time it felt like. Um, and my sample size is. Border trophy and the first innings here. So don't get me wrong. He has had an excellent season with Glamorgan here. In the county championship. But as far as international cricket is concerned. He had had a few starts here and there. But he's failed to capitalize on it. And it feels like the Australian hopes are now dandled around his neck and I'm sure he's going to do really well because so far so good for Labushain as I mentioned 41 for him he was partnered brilliantly by Steve Smith Steve Smith it just felt like he's batting on another wicket he just carried on from that 121 from the first innings and he looked just marvelous it I think Harsha Bogle in the commentary box mentioned that there are two games of cricket happening here. One is when Labuschagne is at the wicket. He's troubled by Siraj. He's leaving some deliveries. He's beaten out the outside edge and sometimes. But then at the other end, Steve Smith just looked calm, composed, completely settled. The pair adding 62 runs of 96 deliveries for the third wicket as well. So it felt like both of them are really, really in control. But then something bizarre happened, and I still cannot help and understand and wrap my mind around what exactly happened, and here's how things went, okay? Steve Smith is facing Ravi Jadeja. Ravi Jadeja bowls it a little fuller than good length outside off stump, and Steve Smith comes down the wicket and tries to hit it over long on for a 6 or deep mid on for a 6, and it was bizarre. He w- he tried to do that, but he was caught by Shardul Thakur well inside the boundary line. And the reason why I felt it was be bi- it was bizarre and un Steve Smith is because of two reasons. One, he was looking brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. 34 runs of 47 deliveries with a striker of 72. He was going at a really good rate and he was completely untroubled for a majority of those 34 runs he scored. But then the re- the second reason why I felt it was unusual and not something I could expect from a from a very calm and composed customer and experienced customer like Steve Smith is that he hadn't played any shot in anger in the first innings when he scored those 121 runs. He looked Calm and composed, leaving the ball, just hitting the balls which were half volley or poor deliveries for the boundary. He didn't hit a six in the first innings. Then why on earth are you doing that in the second innings when the ball is gripping, the pitch is drying up? I just fail to understand that, and that was a big, big wicket as far as the Indians are concerned. Felt like the biggest wicket of the day probably because it's Steve Smith and the re- and the. And the way he batted in the first inning was just magnificent. and But unfortunately for him, he lost his wicket in a cheap manner. But the game wasn't lost there, as far as the Australians are concerned. Because then came out to bat Travis Head, 163 in the first innings. And as soon as Travis Head came out to bat, you would I knew for a fact that Mohamed Siraj would be back in the attack. Mohamed Siraj getting Travis Head out in the first innings... Bowling short all the time, troubling Travis Head, and then unfortunately for Head, he nicks one down to find le- or down to legs on the leg side, uh, straight in the hands of Srikrishna Bharat. And as soon as Travis Head came in, the short bowling barrage started from uh, started from Mohammed Siraj and. He, hit, he did hit a couple of them for sixes. Don't get me wrong. I think one of them was a six. He did score a boundary as well. Or oh, did score a boundary. I think, he, I think the ball was just pulled in off the boundary line. Ran two, I guess. But yeah. Steve Smith. Sorry. Travis Head and Mohamed Siraj had their battle resumed once again. And it was yet another short ball which... Went for six. But then it was Ravi Jadeja who dismissed Travis Head for 18. Caught and bowled. Trying to play an extravagant cover drive for the boundary. But he didn't time it. And it looped straight in the hands of Jadeja. And was dismissed for 18. This happened just a couple of deliveries after Travis Head took on one of uh, Jadeja's delivery for a six. It was going straight down the throat of Umesh Yadav at deep mid-wicket. But... Unfortunately for Umesh Yadav, it was at a very awkward angle. He tried to jump and take the catch, but unfortunately could only parry it away for the six, but not much damage done because just after two deliveries, it was in the ha- in the hands of the Jadeja, and he doesn't drop many, does he? Simple ca- cotton ball wicket for him. Cameron Green came out, and I think it was just damage limitation. After that... Uh, I think Australia just really wanted to hang in there, take the game to the fourth day and then probably bat. So those were the things like major talking points that happened on day 3. Like this is not a major talking point, but I really wanted to mention it and that is something regarding the slow over rate which is happening now. This is the third day and we have don't we haven't had full 90 overs, the quota of 90 overs being bowled. In all of these three days. Today was somewhere around 78, 75, 76 overs if I'm not wrong. So that's a really worrying sign that around 12 to 13 overs are not being bowled. And well, something needs to be done about that. But I think it's a really minor concern in the grand scheme of the World Test Championship Final. Now, coming back to India here. 123 on the board for Australia. They lead India by 296 runs. I'm sure this is not going to happen in any stretch of imagination. But let's assume that Oshila come out to bat. They don't come out to bat tomorrow. Sorry. And they just declare at 123. Bizarre. I know. It's not going to happen. I know that. So India will be having 297 to chase. Now, the funny part here is the highest 4th innings chase at the Oval in the history of the Oval. Not in the past decade or in the past 20 years. The highest successful 4th innings chase in the history of the Oval was all the way back in 1902. 1902, that's like 121 years ago. And that was just 263. 263, so that is what? 33 runs... Below what Australia have already done so far, so the history is against India's... If India do want to win the World Test Championship final, they have to break that 120-year-old record from the Oval at the Oval, sorry, and and I think that will be a fitting way to win the world, win a World Test Championship final if they are able to beat history. But yeah, it's looking really tricky as far as Indians are concerned because 296 is a really big score. And India themselves just scored two hundred and ninety six runs. So this is if that's that's how things work, isn't it? Like India dismissed for two ninety six, and the lead currently is at two ninety six. So India can be dismissed within these this over this number of runs. That is, but I'm sure Australia are going to add a lot more tomorrow. Now the worrying part, as far as the Australians are concerned, is their batting. Now, yes, uh, an already set Manas Labushin is at the wicket. And Cameron Green is no scouch with the bat as well. You have Alex Carey coming in next. He scored 48 in the first innings. And he looked quite handy with the bat as well. So you have uh, Alex Carey coming in as well. Okay. How many more runs do you think Australia are going to add here? Because at one point, India do look feisty with the ball. And again... Fresh new morning. You don't know the weather conditions. If it's a slightly breezy, overcast kind of day, you can expect Siraj and Shami to get a few movement here and there. A pitch looks like it's aiding Jadeja, the sole spinner in the Indian rank. So you never know how much more Australia are going to add here. If they can score 100 more runs, like if they can score 223 runs a dismiss that would mean australia would pose a target of around 400 for india and i think 400 in the fourth innings with a day and a half to play it's completely out of india's hand at that point in time and then australian bowlers can really attack the indians without w- having to worry about the run rate and the n- number of runs required because i don't see them going all guns blazing to chase down 400 this is not pass this is not Penn stokes and brendan mccullum cricket this is indian cricket and indians usually they do attack to- totals but it would be foolish to see themselves chasing down 400 if australia managed to reach that in the first place so then it will be in australia's hands the game will be in australia's grasp all along And with the pitch really drying up, you can expect Nathan Lyon to be a force to reckon with in the fourth innings. And the pitch is going to get drier and drier as the days goes on. It was like 29 degrees in London today. And the weather is really cracking up that pitch and making it dry. And that will aid the spinner. And Nathan Lyon has excellent numbers when it comes to the fourth innings. And playing and bowling in those day five, day four pitches. Now, what can India do today? All Sorry, tomorrow. What can India do tomorrow? I think it's fairly simple as far as the Indians are concerned. They have to make sure that Australia come out and bowl tomorrow. They have to bat tomorrow. If they can do it, the sooner the better. They don't want a declaration. I think India would be looking to get those wickets early and make sure that the target is not way uh, beyond their reach. Because, to be honest, they still have one full day. I'm sure India is going to bat on the fifth day. I don't see Australia taking this all the way to fifth day because they need a good amount of overs to make sure that they bowl out India in the first place. So, India have somewhere in the region of 120 overs to negotiate and get that target and get the target. This is on the basis of, and my assumptions here are completely simple, that Australia bat for one and a half session at least. I think they'll bat for the first session. They'll try to do that. You never know what kind of Indian onslaught will they face once the first session begins. There is a real possibility here that India dismiss Australia within the first session, they have somewhere around 350 to chase. And if that's the case, I'm sure India will go hard and chase those down because 350 with five sessions, I think that's really possible. But for them to do that, they have to make sure they dismiss Australia in the next 40 to 50 to 60 runs. But, well, you never know. You never know with this Australian batting. As things stand, it's looking really, really clear- and dull and dark for India, but yeah, I am sure there's fight left in these Indian eleven, and uh, you never know which India comes out to bowl because bowling has never been an issue as far as the Indians are concerned. They the fast, the quick bowlers have been excellent. Shami is brilliant. Siraj is magnificent. Umesh Yadav picked up a wicket today, and Shadul Thakur is Shardul Thakur. He's the Lord. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, but. The bowling hasn't been an issue. Jadeja is getting a few wickets here and there as well. He's picked up two wickets today already. So, there is a real possibility that India dismiss Australia be well beyond, well below the lead of 400. Like, they can realistically dismiss Australia in the next 80 to 90 runs. But then, the batting is the concern here, isn't it? Because face like the top order as I mentioned yesterday as well the top order is looking shaky and if there is a total well within India's grasp they will need that top order to come out and get those crucial runs and it shouldn't be a repeat of the first innings but well Indian batting is a concern for future Watsal and future Indian management as things stand Australia are 123 runs for the loss of 4 wickets They lead by 296 and as things stand, they are in the driving seat to win their first World Test Championship and collect the set of all ICC trophies. But hey, you never know, you might hear me jubilant tomorrow with India having a sniff at victory or you might see me dull once again with India having no chance. Well, we'll figure that out in 24 hours time but for the time being it's Australia on top and India have a huge battle in front of us in front of them that is make sure you're tuning in tomorrow to listen me rant about the day four but for the time being this is me Vatsalvora signing off ciao for now